Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. Hey everybody, you're listening to Trailer Rewind, a monthly conversation about movies you may have missed in theaters and are now available on streaming services. Every month we dig into the archives and view a film that Pete and Andy talked about in their trailer picks. JJ and I watch it and have a very spoilery conversation about it. Today we're looking at Faults. This was Andy's pick from February 20th, 2015. Today is November... 18th, 2017, and Fault is available on Amazon Prime. Before we go any further, you should check out our ever-expanding back catalog for this show and its sibling shows at thenextreel.com. If you've stumbled upon us, you can subscribe in your favorite podcast app or follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Next Reel. And whether you've just found us or have been listening for a while, you can be part of our community. Supporting us as a patron on patreon.com slash The Next Reel gets you into our Slack group where there's always a fun conversation about films and you get exclusive Patreon-only weekly Saturday matinee episodes. This is the new home of trailer picks and discussion of weekly film news and lists. And this week's list was a really interesting one. Pete and Andy wrote themselves into a corner by picking cold case movies, and they had very, wow. very short lists this week. <laughs> a lot of overlap. A lot of rule breaking on that one. Stumper. Yes. 
All right. So false. Andy said this film looks really interesting, like a funny, dark psychological thriller. Uh, he was really intrigued uh, by the casting of Leland Orser. Uh, he's a hard actor to get out of his head. He said because of his roles in seven and alien resurrection, it's usually the screaming guy. And he thought that seeing him <laughs> as the lead for a change really excited him. And particularly when it's a film that looked as crazy as this one did, he was totally in for this one. So JJ, Tell me, do you ever wonder if I'm exploiting your ability to be manipulated? Well, yes, but not you in particular. I think it's all of the thugs on the shows and wonder if you guys are trying to put me through the ringer on this. This movie um, hit me in a really, really interesting place because we've talked about before as we as we talk about shows and how I avoid horror films uh, and how and and it's not just because of scary it's just because in general I tend to get really deeply into films and coming to this film which is on its face a film about reprogramming people who have been brainwashed in cults um, I didn't understand from the outset how deep they were really going to go with the film and I applaud what they did with the film that being said on the day that I watched the film I had also in a therapy session with my therapist took a test for a preparation for a specific kind of therapy called eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy. I don't know if you've heard of this. It, it, it sounds like hypnotism. It sounds a little mystical and it is really interesting when you consider what I'm about to sit through. If you compare what happened in this movie and then also <laughs> oh, no. when you guys watched get out back in February, right? So, <laughs> The test that I had to take, the test that I had to take is called a dissociation experiences scale. And both my therapist and I were surprised at the high parts of the score. I didn't score around the place where I would have multiple personalities, which is they use this test for that too. But I did score around the range of like PTSD and covered up trauma. So now you put that together with what we're going to talk about about this movie, watching the same day that I just found out that I'm unnaturally dissociative. Um, I'm really excited to discuss this with you because it was very intense for me. And I think it's a really, really strong film, both in the way that they made it and in the story. I think there's a couple points where they take leaps for you without really showing you how the leaps go there. But for the most part, it's very effective at bringing you in. I wouldn't call it a thriller, but I definitely would call it suspenseful. And it had me walking out of the room, leaving the movie, leaving the movie playing, but walking out of the room and just kind of listening from around the corner um, and sometimes having to peek only at a small corner of the film, which means it's intense enough. And everyone who likes being pushed that way is going to like this movie too. So what did you, Oh, think? this I, I'm glad you had that type of reaction because this is a film that I Good. just think is one that you have to talk to somebody about after watching this, <laughs> including the therapist who just yes, figured out that you have, because it, it takes, there are, there are some twists to this and we can get into whether some of them, you know, the, the leaps that are made in the, the ending and whether that's earned, but it's one of these great small films where it's relying on the strength of its cast, you know, very few locations so it's it's really that indie you know niche where it's like let's get some some really good actors that we can the best that we can let's have a decent script and we don't have to worry about a lot of other things because it's going to be on the way to their shoulders to carry this film and so it was written and directed by riley stearns and at that time he was married to mary elizabeth winstead so i guess oh, yeah really? so they were married for several years oh. and i think it was uh, i think just within the past year or so they split up and as as far as I understand, it's sort of a mutual separation. Uh, but yeah, so I think that was, I, that's very interesting considering her role. In yes. The film I, she yeah. I thought that's, I don't know what kind of strain this kind of film could put on that type of relationship uh, of what he's asking of her and, and what the commentary might be about family and just power structures. But, oh my gosh, there's, wow. there's so much. And then, yeah, just, you know, Leland Orser is one of those that guy, you know, guys. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, re I remember him. Everybody remembers him in Seven, the guy that's like, well, I don't know. You, you, you've seen Seven, like, what, once and through, like, half-closed eyes? Yeah. Yeah. A ages, yes, ages but, you know, ago. he's the yeah. one that's, like, strapped to a bed with some devices attached to him, and he's screaming. Uh, but to see. Oh, he's yes, that guy. he's that guy. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's not somebody that typically is cast, at least as I, I recognize as, you know, sort of the lead or somebody that's going to be carrying a movie like this. And I thought it's, 
an interesting character that he plays, Ansel Roth, who's a man that is really at just the lowest point in his life. I mean, he's a, he's a public speaker about cults. And our first you know, introduction to him, it's clear he's a guy that is always just sort of like scheming to get as much as he can out of every situation because he doesn't have a lot. I mean, he, he's got a voucher yeah. that he's sort of recycled for a free meal at the hotel where he's presenting his little seminar about, um, you know, cults and brainwashing and, you know, all of that stuff. Uh, but yeah, you just look at this guy and he just seems like this sort of a weaselly guy who's just trying to get every little penny he can out of everything. But as you come to see, he's, you know, just at the bottom of his life. I mean, he's right. squeaking by. It's like, oh, well, yeah, I'll sign that book. It's going to be this much money. Okay, well, oh, all right. Uh, not $20, $15. Okay, $10. You know, just always bartering, negotiating. Right. I thought, okay, this is an interesting guy to start our story off with of, you know, where are we going to go? With him. This is the most basic freedom. I'm talking about free will, choice. Making a choice for yourself based on what life gives you, that is free will. But what if someone else is in control? What if they control your physical body, your mind's every thought, your emotional well being? Well, ladies and gentlemen, cults do this, they exploit. The fact that inside every single one of us is the capacity to be captivated, to be manipulated, controlled. They exploit your weaknesses and remove you from those who care about you. They create emotional and physical barriers, distancing you from everyone and everything you once knew, including yourself. They mold you. They conform you. Even with that voice in the back of your head screaming, get out! most give in when another human being makes decisions for you your free will ceases to be you're a follower at that point you have become a follower and see now that's something that i think was really superior about this film in the way that they explained his situation to you so the exposition how it happened over time and how it happened in the way that we experience his situation with him now that being said as he devolves even in the film to more and more desperate to more and more um deprived and these and his faculties becoming less and less aware less and less capable right that's kind of what's happening as as the manipulation becomes deeper for him. Um, I didn't necessarily go there with him. So uh, what, where I think the movie is really, really good is in the way that it's explained, in the way that it's told. The, the way that it's shown, I think, could have been, I guess, a little bit more more intense? I don't know, but that could be because I was walking out of the room when I started getting scared. <laughs> what did you think? This is one that I want to go back and watch again because – you get that yeah. information in bits and pieces because he's, as he's at a seminar, one of the guys just comes up and just like decks him and, you know, kicks him. And you, it's like, why does this guy have such hostility to him? But you start to get this larger backstory, this history, because I think there's somebody has one of his, his previous book and they want to sign. He basically disowns that there's, you know, something in his past that he's trying to distance himself from. And we just slowly get more and more of that. I think that worked really well because, I think it sets up, you know, early on, he talks about cults having the ability, they basically exploit a person's ability to be manipulated, manipulated. And what we see throughout this is more and more evidence of where he is in his life and how there are people that have levers that they use against him, that he is, you know, yep. here he is speaking about, you know, here's how people get pulled into cults and they, they can be easily manipulated, but he of everyone we meet, he is the one that is in that position himself. Right. At that very moment. Yeah, at that very moment. There are so many people that have levers that they can use to manip manipulate him. We've got his, as we get to meet his agent, you know, that he owes money to and the whole story that goes along with that of why he's in, you know, for all this money on the new book as of this divorce with yep. his wife and giving, you know, this other event that happened with someone that he tried to um, deprogram and how that went catastrophically wrong. And he's, you know, how do you have, and to me, it's an interesting conceit of how do you set up a story about a guy who is basically 
going to be a programmer or a deprogrammer for people in cults becoming basically the perfect candidate because he is he's in a position where people can so easily manipulate him or force him to act in certain ways. And we see that play. And that's really the essence of this yes. film. What I think is great is that it's a snapshot in time taken after the fall for this expert, right, who at one point was really everything that he brags to be at many times in this. He was the foremost expert. He had this event where he tried to deprogram a, a girl, a, a, a female, and she ended up committing suicide. And then there's the fall. Then there's the divorce. Then there's the debt. Then there's the uh, the shame. There's the fear. There's then the pain, right? The physical pain, the confrontations that he feels, the desperation, and all these things, and everything to set him up now in this snapshot again for him to be the perfect mark and that i think is such an interesting story to tell and i think and i really like how they did it in that they didn't have to go bookend to bookend on it they just gave us the snapshot of this ripe mark for the picking and what happens to him as he is really manipulated and taken advantage of himself i i thought it was really well done and i'm glad they didn't give us any more this is the kind of film where i, I complain a lot when we talk on the show about being spoon-fed exposition and being spoon-fed stories about people in this film they gave us just the point in time that was the most dramatic part of of this greater story and i think that was a really great choice by probably the screenwriter and the director and together yes so yeah so he's at this low point and he has this family that comes to him and says Oh, they're the same person, by the way. Right, director, <laughs> right, yes. Written and directed by right. Riley Stern. So we've got this family that comes to him and is like, hey, we've we've lost our daughter to this cult called Faults. Can you help us? And we we know he's, you know, trying to eke out every dime he can. So he presents, well, we can do this deprogramming thing. He tries to back out though. He tries oh, to yeah. back out. He gives them he tells them, you know, there's a 50-50 chance. You know, there's a a fifty percent chance this is gonna work yep. and a fifty percent chance that yeah, you may never see your daughter again. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he's very upfront with them. And so the first time through, you know, watching this, it's kind of interesting to see he's playing them for the mark of, okay, can I, can I get something out of them? You know, and I, I question because he's at such a low point, you have to start to question, can he pull it off? Because we know he's had a failure in the past. Is he able to actually do this? Is he just a really good con man that's running a scheme and a scam on everyone? Or is he just a guy that's had a bad string of luck? And is this the thing I started wondering, is this the thing that's going to help him turn things around? Is this going to be the big case that, you know, because I thought, okay, where are we? You started cheering for him. Yeah, I, I start to because it's like, okay, we're we're going to go for that that comedy, comic route, maybe where it's things start off bad and they're going to get better. Let's go the opposite route of tragedy, right? <laughs> If at some moment you thought this movie was going to be comedic. Wow. Well, I, what a realization. Yes. Oh, as you no, move it, 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 there was, there's some ways it just played. I thought you've got such a, a pathetic character. You, where can it go? Can it, can it go? Can it get worse? Oh, oh yes, it does. Yes, it does. Oh, yes. And I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. So. It went that route uh, because it took me in, in directions. I wasn't planning on going, you know, from that we get to the actual abduction, which I thought was really interesting the way they shot that, which was just, all from inside the van. If you notice that they pull up, they open the door, the cameras in, they grab her, throw her in. And then it's just, it's, it's cuts throughout this long journey from wherever they pick her up to wherever they're going of just her in the van with the two guys that have abducted her, which I thought was, you know, sort of, again, that minimalist approach to get an independent film. But for me, it worked, it worked really well. It was an effective choice of how to shoot that show passage of time in along that trip, just all internal within the van. And camera location through that yep. and through the rest of the film as well was really, really thoughtful and creative. I, I, I thought that was really special. Every, every movement from one place in the film to another was done very creatively. And I think that was yeah. great. And then we get to the hotel room where we're going to spend the bulk of our story. And that's where we start to have the interplay between Claire and Ansel. And although she does not like to be called Claire. Correct. Know, so we've got an interesting uh, dynamic of this relationship of as he sets out and says, OK, for, for five days, you know, this is going to be a five day process, basically. And then we just sort of go down the rabbit hole 
from there once things start going. And I actually started to root for him there too. When he actually sits with her face to face and he treats her with dignity and respect and caring and really seems, and I'm talking about the character Ansel at this point, you know, really seems to care about whether or not she's going to have the will, which is a big sort of macro concept in this film, free will, whether she's going to have the will to leave and giving her the choice that we're just going to talk here for five days. We're going to talk about the people that love you. I mean, it's a straight up intervention. uh, And you, at the end of the five days, you can decide. And I started to cheer for him then. Little did I know that you know, this was all being set up as the manipulation for him. Right. And that's where it really starts to devolve when they get into the sleep deprivation, when they get into the, uh, the, the sort of the shaming piece of not being able to wear clothes. Um, and then also pushing with the other things that happen with the sort of the humanness of people being vulnerable. Um, it was really intense and in a very subtle way, which is done really well in this film. If you are into psychological drama, this film does it in, in every sense of the word from a very, uh, small, stark way, it will it will take you there. And I was very impressed by it. Oh, yeah. There, it, there's so many pieces that are just woven into their interactions because you get into the question of, you know, free will, which is, I think, going to play out throughout, again, that idea of can you be manipulated or do you have free will? But then the, the dynamics of the relationship between Claire and her parents, and I found myself wondering early on here, there's there's just something odd about this family and is Claire really better? What point? Wait, wait. What, what was the first point where you felt like there was something on? Oh, it's, it's just I think from the very beginning. See, I didn't think that until they were in the same room together, right? They they were playing their parts very well, and then all of a sudden they're in the same room together, and I was like, wait a second, there's something. Yes, totally it's off here. their interactions, and that's in my notes. I'm like, why is there some family secret? Why is Dad so tense? Is Claire better off away from her family because she seems very very happy and very content being part of faults. And she's able to really articulate and express, you know, very clearly and articulately how, how she's benefiting from this, how she's perceived this to be beneficial to her. And yeah, the family dynamic just seems really off the interactions between the parents with her. Just, yeah, it's something unusual. The fact that the clothes that they choose for her, you know, she's 29 years old, but dad wants to dress her like a teenager and they treat her like she's this child. There's just, yeah, something not right here. And I'm thinking maybe, maybe she needs to be away from them. Maybe this family is not the best environment for her. Right. And, and ultimately, it was to set Ansel up to feel that he really needed to save her one way yes. or the other, initially from the cult, and then secondly, potentially from the parents. But, you know, th- that's where the questions started to blow up in my mind of what is best and how is he going to f- fix this? How is he going to get out of this situation? How is it going to work for him? Yeah, that's and and there's no way there's no way to answer that. And then there's the external forces working against him of his debt as well. Um, it's really it's really intense. Yeah, and I don't know how far we want to get into the end and the twists that start happening because there's a, there's more that starts to happen where we learn a little bit more about Ansel and his agent Terry and and all those things that are sort of pushing him that he's. You know, at one point he asked the father, he needs half the money now because he's got to pay off this debt and there's a ticking clock that's starting to come into play and everything just starts to get really, really ramped up. And then we get to this sort of this critical point where there's just this really weird night that happens that we get fragments of. And for me, that's where so much happens. So much is not seen by us to see how, how we get to where we are. And that's a part of the movie that I struggle with after this first viewing. And I wonder if a second viewing is going to help me tie some of those threads together or make better sense of sort of the fragments that we get, that we are shown over that that one night. And unfortunately, we're dancing around the, the yeah. big spoiler a little bit here in the way that we're talking about it. Um, and, I, and I don't know that we need to necessarily, yeah. you know, when we talk about how 
that this the the film is really set up to show how people can be manipulated and then the big sort of conceit of the film is that it takes the expert on manipulation and puts him into a position where he becomes manipulated the key part for me i I know you're talking about the sort of the dream sequence where he is completely vulnerable and loses and loses his free will and i think that that is done the way that that is shown in the film is 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 powerful and surreal and probably similar to the way that, you know, it may be experienced. I think that was valuable. The part that was difficult for me is the, in the initial switch for Ansel from going from a position where he is a counselor into being vulnerable. And it happens directly after he gets into a, a physical altercation with, with Claire's father. He, Claire's father, chokes him to some degree and he does fear for his life but moments after and it was so it it changed his demeanor a hundred percent i mean it it changed him 180 degrees he started going a different direction saying he started working as a mantra i have free will i have free will i can do whatever i want you know and this kind of thing and that he and he was fearing for his life that's the part where i didn't take the leap with him so so the reason why i wanted to bring that part up right now is because you mentioned this scene this fragmented night scene where it is clear that he has devolved into this sort of fugue state where he is going to be manipulatable. Um, the moment before that, the parts leading up to that, I didn't necessarily buy that. I didn't go with the film on that. But I think you're right in that potentially in a second viewing, it might be a little bit more because you know the direction of the film. And that's why I think it's value. We, we don't have to dance around the spoiler here because if you know that that's the, the direction of the film, that maybe you might see more uh, relevance or more significance to the events that are happening to Ansel as he he gets led into this. Vulnerable so you're position. so you're talking about the sort of the moment where he's saying, "I have free will, I have free will, I have free will," and Claire starts to turn the tables and apply that pressure to him to say, "Well, what about Terry? And what about the money?" Of right. basically pulling yes. on those threads, saying, "Oh, you you think you can leave, but you can't." I don't need this. I'm tired. Are you tired? We should sleep. No. I'm done. This is... I'm leaving. But you can't. I have free will. What about the money? That's what this is for you, isn't it? No, no, that is what this was. I have no idea what any of this is anymore. You have free will. You have free will. You have free will. But you need the money. And I need you here. No. You can't leave me. I'm close to something, but I I think Fultz knows what's happening. What do you mean? It's like Iris calling me home. Do you think it's going to happen? Are you going to step outside of yourself again? You believe, don't you? You should sleep. What about you? I don't think I can. Why not? I'm not sure you'll be here when I wake up. Yeah, this is an interesting twist now because, yeah. And that's one of the directions. And then the other direction is, I need you. Yes. I need you to help me here, right? And so she starts putting him in all these places. And yeah, it's it's No, it is. And it's, yeah, it's, to me, I thought, oh my gosh, we're... (laughs) what just happened? How did we get here? This was so, this to me was just constructed so well to have all the pieces in play at the right time and all the right information being revealed so that when we get to that crucial point for me, you know, I saw Claire apply those levers and I thought, and I, I, I went for it and I said, okay, I can see that because, you know, he does start off in such a pathetic place at the beginning that clearly he has made all these choices and he's a victim of these choices that he's made. And although he talks as much as he wants about free will, he's not willing to em- embrace that. And I think Claire, Claire totally. leaps on that. And that's where it becomes an entirely different story about who's really in control here. And ultimately, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I, 
I agree with you. I think it was set yeah. up perfectly. I think the story did a great job of bringing us there. I just question emotionally okay. the sort of implicit sure. nature of what's there. And again, it might just be because it was too quick for me in the film. Um, but I didn't necessarily like. I was surprised at how vulnerable he came became so quickly, at how quickly he turned. But that being said, it it was still such an interesting thing to watch, and all of the pieces of the puzzle were there. I just don't know that the picture was exactly how I expected. Okay. All right. So the the question I have, ultimately, as as twisted and weird as this ending gets, of of Claire basically turning the tables on him, is she actually able to set him free? Does he now have? I don't want to say he has free will, but she's freed him from those elements that have been manipulating him in his previous life. Now he's. You know, you can argue he's been he's been brainwashed, he's been converted, he's become okay. become part of, you know. So this is this is going yes. into my therapy okay. piece a little bit, right? So because at the EMDR therapy and and I think it, to some degree a lot of really sort of extreme measures that happen in psychological therapy as well as in psychological manipulation require some measure of buy-in for them to be successful. And you pose the question, did she set him free? I think if we're being objective about it, I think the, the answer has to be flatly no. That being said, if we consider his situation and we consider his, his human desire to be released from the concerns and the stressors that you're talking about, I think that ultimately she gave him the freedom to have what he wanted, which was to be, to let those things go. So I think it's a two pronged answer. I think from my seat in the audience watching it, it was horrifying to watch him let go and become a disciple. Right. Right. But I think your question is totally relevant and totally valid for this in that maybe he's better off in this position considering where he's coming from and maybe he has found a, a, a sense of freedom. So that, but that's the kind of stuff that makes this film really great. The story of this film really, really great. Oh yeah. And to me, this is where like all the, all the great conversations and questions can come about for this movie and in, in what the transformation that happens, you know, that, that question of, is he in a better place? And you know, what, what is right and what is free and, free will and choices. I mean, there's just so much that's bundled into this part of the story that I, I start stepping back because things are work, working and clicking along so well, I start to, you know, second guess everything and have to start wondering, you know, like, like oh, yeah. is how is this, you know, the, is the parents are part of this. So, right. you know, so yep. first I'm asking, are they really the parents? <laughs> You know, because there's cause yeah, there's some oh, there's some well, yes. so there's some weird weird stuff going on. Uh, is this just all a big con on him because you know he's a deprogrammer and you know is is Claire going right? What's, what's the motive yeah, what's, behind you know, what's happening? Or is it yeah. just part of their the cult? The way the they cult. operate is to find people that you know they know they can get, and he's fitting the profile yeah. of here's a person who's miserable and they feel that they'll be able to free him from his misery. So, you know, there's so many levels and so many ways to look at this. That that is such an optimistic, positive <laughs> way of looking at what happened in this movie. I want to applaud you for going that direction with it because I couldn't go there. I was so <laughs> terrified. For him. Have you, I have to ask, have you ever been hypnotized? No, I have not. So I have not either. And I, at one point I went to a, um, a hypnotism conference with a bunch of doctors of hypnot hypnotherapy and whatnot in Long Beach, California. And uh, they asked us, there was this master hypnotist there. And at one point they asked everyone in the audience who's never been hypnotized. And then so the, the people who had never been hypnotized, they all get those people up on stage and they're like, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to really like do this. And they went through, you know, their protocols on the front end of it and uh, having us do the, the certain dual stimuli pieces and trying to And at one point the hypnotist leads over to me on stage and he whispers in my ear he says you can go sit down now <laughs> because because it wasn't possible for me because i didn't buy in yeah and so that's the piece too of, of i am happy that you had this perspective on this film because it was totally scary for me it was totally <laughs> suspenseful and it was totally giving up free will so i think it's a really positive way of looking at the the possible 
perspective of even the 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 organization of faults, right? Right. And saying we're going to bring positivity to people who need it. Wow, what a great perspective! <laughs> sure, on what that's what, that, that's that's why cults are successful. You've got you've got to give people something to be you know to be part of to to belong you know yeah. to, to something outlook. And I think this shows. I mean. I know that, I mean, I'm not like, yay, this has a happy ending, but it's like, here's the draw. Here's the appeal. Why people get involved with, with organizations that are fringe and dangerous. Yeah. Uh, because they have that, they're, they're either being offered something they've always wanted, have never been able to achieve on their own. And there's the promise of that right. hope, or it's, it's, it's some, there's, there's something that they, you know, benefit from somehow although they become the victim and because there's the question of, okay, what, what happens to the parents? Uh, Claire gives them little pills and tell them, great, they're, they're going to be on their journey. And I'm assuming they're laying down and that's their last moments alive. Yeah. Well, you definitely. Know, you know, and I think, and you know, Claire, Claire distills what you're talking about down into metaphor at one yeah. point of the film too, which I think is really great. She talks about uh, Ansel's relationship with his agent who gave him money to publish both books his first successful book and his terribly unsuccessful second and and sort of reads it to him as that he made terry his god yeah basically yes by taking yeah. because terry gave him what he needed in his time of need right and then the motion of this film is to show how cults and how organizations and how any sort of thing that has sort of this rabid following, you could put it into political perspective, you could put it into fad perspective, you could put it into this celebrity worship perspective. They give people the belief that they need at the time that they need it. And that's what this movie shows. Ansel Roth needs religion, needs something so much. And Claire slash Ira which is the name of the sort of savior deity that becomes cut through in faults, gives him that at his deepest point of need. And she becomes his new higher power. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So this is very spoiler heavy for a review for us, but I, I want to say, I think it's good enough. So it's interesting also that we're back ending this to Miss Sloan, right? Oh, um, yes. Because it's, it's similar in all of the different things you're going to have in the film, but I think, differently than Miss Sloan, I think you're going to want to know the ride that you're on when you come <laughs> up against faults. Whereas Miss Sloan it, it, being there for the ride is, is really part of the joy. Yes. Uh, and I guess if it becomes as intense for people as it did, did for you, that no, sort of knowing the, the direction that this is going, because it is such a unusual tone, I think that it takes and it, it goes in directions that are completely unexpected that, yeah, to be a little prepped for that so that you're not as unsettled. And I think to allow you to engage with the story and characters rather than being distanced from everything because of like, what, why am I seeing this? Yeah. What is going on? Um, yeah. Just to know that there's purpose, it's done with purpose. And I think, again, I'm looking forward to a second viewing on this to see everything at work because the, I can't say enough about, um, you know, our two leads in this film. I think yeah. with, with anyone else, I can't imagine this working this, this way. I think that these two characters perfectly cast, perfectly cast and just, Oh my gosh, I, this is, this is one I, one of these again, I'm like, ah, it's a small film. Okay. It's got some recognizable, you know, actors and faces in it. Is it going to be okay? Oh my gosh. I'm so glad to have discovered this film. This is one of these like you're looking for something different. Go sit down and watch this and cut, let's cut let's talk afterwards. And on that second viewing, you're going to want to share it with someone because you want to have the discussion afterwards. And that's really the basis for why we do this podcast in the first place, which is great. One other thing that we didn't talk about too is how great the camera work is in this film. There are a number of special shot sequences that I that initially when the parents come to contract uh, Ansel Roth, there is a shot that looks like it's on a tripod that is in this wide lens that moves back and forth, just sort of pivoting in pan from one place at the end of the table, goes back and forth in this circle. That's really, it, it's beautiful because it doesn't happen a lot. You don't yeah. see it a lot in this extended uncut conversational piece between the two parties, which I think is great. And then when we finally get to the ultimate 
sort of manipulation uh, climax, there is a slow push on Ansel uh, as he's being talked at by Claire Ira that is masterful. And uh, Leland is perfect in it. And the camera and the actor are just they deliver it in the best possible way. So, and that kind of stuff is throughout this movie. There's really special camera moves, special camera choices that make this movie uh, special in a way that you wouldn't expect from such a small movie. Was there anything for you that, that didn't work well in this film? I know well, it's just about the, the, that kind of emotional piece, piece right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think now, and, and that may be why I'm kind of taking this high spoilery aspect to the way that I'm talking about this movie is because I think had I known the direction, I might have been better equipped to understand the emotional uh, roller coaster that we were on. I think I was in that sort of the what's going on here state like that you're talking about. So it's, it's either that that I want to make sure our audience has a chance to know that going in, or I was so freaked out by this movie <laughs> that I feel like I need to protect our listeners <laughs> by letting them know what's coming before they get around the corner. So would you, would you watch it again, knowing the intensity and your response to that is this something that you would, you would sit down, you know, and watch again? Willingly of your own free will. <laughs> That's a good, good question. The reason I bring up such a personal thing about my therapy journey and stuff like this in terms of this movie is because I think yes, but I think I would do it only with someone that I'd be willing to have that conversation about and what it means in terms of my own situation. I did actually text my therapist after watching the movie <laughs> and was like, Hey, just so you know, um, I know we took this test today and then I watched this movie. So I'm really excited to get to our next session. <laughs> so yes, I would watch it again, but I definitely would want to watch it with the kind of person who's willing to have these kind of deep conversations with. And that's why I'm talking about it here too. No. I, How about you? Yeah. No, like I said, I, yeah, the, the more, you know, I think the more we've talked about it, I think, thinking back to my star rating i think it's it's bumped up a little bit just in our in our in our conversation because i i did watch it a while ago and i just sort of reviewed a few scenes before our conversation but yeah it's it's just it's bringing up all these emotions in me about about the response i had to this because it was something that just was so unexpected unexpectedly beautiful in a, and is an odd way to say it, but just, I'm so thrilled to see movies like this, that take chances that, that tell a really good story that really get into characters because it's, it's so few and far between. And I think it's something we talked about with Miss Sloan of movies that, you know, the strength is those performances and we need more of those. And for movies to take risks like this, to tell something really different. Um, but I think, really relevant uh, subject matter, you know, right now in terms of, you know, just, yes, there are so many people that have opinions and feel, you know, in bad places and can be easily manipulated into believing things or becoming part of a group because they then fit in. Um, And when your world has been taken from you and you feel like you're at the bottom, uh, anybody that offers you hope, you're willing to take that. And that can be a truly dangerous thing. And that's why the universe sent me this movie. Yes, I, I think so. To make sure that as I'm reaching out in my own journey, that I'm keeping sense of myself because I have free will. Yes. I have free will. Yeah, free will. I have free will. I have free will. <laughs> so where did your free will lead you on Flickchart? As you rated it, well, it's really interesting, I'm, and, I, and I'm glad I'm glad we get to talk about it because um, I was super positive about this movie. So most it, it had a lot of wins, right? It's uh, my total flick chart number is 160, and it showed up at 33, wow. which is in an interesting place too wow. because it is above Apocalypse Now, wow. which has a little bit of a psychological yeah. spin to it, and. It, Interestingly enough, it's right below Miss Sloan. Oh, wow. So I think, wow. so I think, you know, I'm really happy with the last two months of Trailer Rewind. These have been great movies for me. And I don't think it is as good as Miss Sloan. I think Miss Sloan is kind of a masterpiece. Oh, like, yeah. I think everyone should see yeah. that. But I would put this definitely in the category of you should see this movie. It came out in 2014. You likely don't know about it. It's a movie that if you care about psychology and the mystery unraveling in something like this, it's going to be worth it to go see. And it's, what did we say? Amazon Prime? Yes. That's where we can find yes. it? Yeah. Great. So where is it on your flick chart? As I said, I think I'm going to have to go back, rewatch and re-rank this. It ended up, so out of 289, it ended up slightly above middle at 111. And it's, oh, it's okay. below Shaun of the Dead. 
and above Furious Seven, which is a oh, I don't know Fast that. and the Furious Seven. Oh, got yeah. It, got it. Yes. So it's in this really weird middle ground, and I f- when it finished there, I thought, eh, I don't know if I'm happy with this, and maybe it's just the things it came up against, but I feel like it should be higher than that because it, it's something I I did enjoy. I think my initial reaction because i i ranked it right after i saw it was that trying to i didn't give myself enough time i think to sit and think through and that that whole you know night that fragmented night and what happened i wanted more More. from that and that was and i felt like there's so much that hinged on that, that there's this transition that's going on and I wanted more. And I think going back, rewatching, even discussing it with you, I think there's, it, it deserves to be a lot higher than that. Hmm. So, cause it sure. is, it is, you know, something that I, I did enjoy and I think it deserves more than the middle. And it's, it's we've talked about a lot of interesting movies, you know, this past couple of months. Cause yeah, we had missed on, we had the experimenter, you know, yeah. also earlier Again, manipulation, you know, manipulation, sure. but just, you know, really the psychology of people. And it's, yeah, we've had real interesting sort of late summer fall here with, with these films uh, that are all, I think worth, worth watching and, you know, not necessarily holiday fair <laughs> to get no. to, but I think no. films that, you know, definitely merit, you know, a, a good conversation, <laughs> which I hope with, with all the other you know, big superhero boom movies going out there that people find time to sit down for, you know, like an hour and a half to watch a small film like this, because it, it's, it's just a great experience that hits you in a different level. It, 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 yeah. And unless you want to gather the family around for some poison pills, um, <laughs> this is not necessarily the holiday movie, no. but it's, but it's definitely a, a, a thinker and a talker in uh, flick chart. They list it as both psychological drama and psychological thriller. I didn't find it thrilling. Thriller seems a little too yeah. intense for me, but it's definitely the psychological suspense drama that, that if you like that sort of thing, you're going to love this movie. Oh yeah. So I, I had originally reviewed it on Letterboxd as three and a half stars, but I think I'm probably going to bump that up to four. I f- I really- oh, and see, even as I'm yeah. talking about, I think three and a half is, is yeah. right for me. Three and a half so is right I, you know, as well. And definitely a like. You know, oh yeah, definitely like, but I, like I said, I think I'm hoping that I'm rewarded on a second viewing. Cause I think there's just such rich texture to this film that it, on a second viewing, it's going to give me an even more rewarding experience. If that's the right way to describe sure. that. Yeah. 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 So definitely fill up that yeah. bucket. That's good. Yeah. So this is, this is our last one of the year because we're going to take a break for the holidays. Oh, that's gonna, right. It's probably, a yeah, I think we, you know, time <laughs> after going through this time, time for some holiday cheer. Uh, so we're going to take a break and we'll come back in January with uh well we'll see we'll see what we've got on the schedule because the the uh streaming you know catalogs often shift around a lot so we'll we'll come back with some good things uh in 2018 but uh jj here at the next reel we say that when the movie ends the conversation begins and i've i've enjoyed extremely our conversation about faults but now that this this conversation is ending it's time to start another movie what are you watching next well, I would have liked to have say the next thing I'm going to watch is Thor Ragnarok, but I went and saw it this awesome. week. Awesome! Um, yeah, it's great. I uh, I don't love it as much as everyone else. I think it's really I think it's really great. I don't I don't find it as special as the Guardians movies. Right. So that's where and and I feel like it was kind of a wannabe Guardians movie. So that's the was the hard part for me. And I love the first two Thor movies. So oh it was, okay, oh yeah. I have a different standard than most people yeah. have about it, but. Um, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to see next until we definitely are doing um, The Last Jedi for yes. the film board in December. And I think Pete and I, I think our families are probably going to go see it together. So we are probably going to buy tickets for it right away. Um, there may be more movies before that for me, but that's the next one that's on my calendar. How about well, you? I've got a birthday coming up and I usually try oh. to like, you know, cram in like do a movie day. Uh, my brother yep. came out last year and we, we had a really nice double feature. We saw um, Manchester by the sea and uh, okay. what was the other one? Loving. So that was a, you know, not, okay. not, <laughs> not a real holiday yeah. fair. <laughs> t- two tough ones, but I'm hoping that it's right. still in theaters that we can get out and see. I'd really like to see Lady Bird, which is uh, yes. Greta, Greta Gerwig. And I've just been hearing great things about that. It was my trailer pick a couple weeks ago on the Saturday matinee. 
and I'm just hoping I can get out and catch that at one of the arts theaters that's showing at around town before it disappears because I'm I'm not really sure I'm going to go for the big superhero Justice League thing. Uh, I, I may if I, I get outvoted by the family as, a, as another option. Yeah. But I'm really, I might be guilted yes. into that one too, but I don't have a desire to see it. But it's, you know, uh, it's, it's, Andy gave it a middling review, so I, I, I may just subject myself to that. Uh, so that's that's sort of what I, I, I'm looking for on the big screen. Yeah, definitely looking forward to uh, the next Star Wars movie, particularly since I have been totally spoiler free no trailers no nothing i know nothing about this movie so hmm. i'm really looking forward to walking into this one uh with, well, i've seen the trailers and i know nothing about it too so <laughs> i think we're in the same place all right well everyone listening we've had a great year with you and if you haven't already give us a rating and a review on itunes it helps other film fans discover us and we hope you will help other film fans discover us because there's nothing more thrilling than discovering a group of like-minded fans online it's like finding a new home and once you found us, follow us on Facebook and Twitter for assorted film geekery and posts during the week. Or even better, you can help out The Next Reel by supporting us as a patron on patreon.com slash the next reel. But the best thing you can do is go watch a movie with a friend and then sit down and have a conversation. Go watch Faults. It'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> and it'll be a conversation. It'll be a conversation. A fun conversation. But if you do watch one that we've discussed, we'd love to hear from you and get some feedback from yes, you. Please, please share. Hondo. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.